Although the bulletin doesn't call for announcements, we do have a few brief announcements today. One of them is uh, I wanted to welcome Lauren Ferguson. Today is the day that normally the campus ministry students would have come to church, had their bake sale and participated in the service. And uh, I think mo everybody probably knows who Lauren is. She has been our childcare worker for a couple of years. And I just wanted to ask Lauren to unmute herself and just from just refresh us on where you live, your major, and what year you're in. Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I'm Lauren. I'm a senior at UAlbany. My major is actuary and mathematical science, and I'm from the Bronx. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate this. I think Steve has an announcement for us. Yes. Um, this year, the church is not going to be buying a lot of poinsettias. Uh, if individual people want to buy poinsettias, you can do that on your own. You are encouraged to contact Gade Farm. The sooner, the better. But we will not be buying large amounts of them from anybody. We will. The church will buy six poinsettias for the sanctuary on the Christmas Eve services. But the others are up to the individual members of the church. Thank you. And to contact Gate Farm, do it through their website. They said that's the best way. Is there anybody else who needs to announce anything? All right, we'll I do. This. Cindy. I do. Um, I just wanted to say again that we had a really successful code drive. And thank you to uh, Charlotte Hasselbarth, Karen Unzer, and Betty Deeds. Um, and also, we now have a deck box, which is outside the education building near the door. And its primary purpose is for food pantry donations when nobody's, you know, at the church to take them. But um, also, it can be used for other things, like right now for the mitten tree items. Uh, the only thing is, when you put the top down on the box you have to kind of move the po the top a little to the right. It doesn't align by itself. So I apologize for that, but it, do it does align once you give it a gentle push. Thank you. Cindy, thank yes. you so much for all these charitable things you're doing through the holidays. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Darlene. I get a lot of help from the church family. Any other announcements before we begin the service? Okay, I've thank got you. one. Yeah, go ahead, Wayne. I'd just like to say briefly that we had 10 people participating at the food bank Thursday evening, uh, sorted apples, and then we spent some time sorting general produce. So, great thanks to everybody who helped. Anything that we sort Thursday night gets picked up the very next day by the various food pantries. So, thanks to everyone. Anybody else before we move on? All right, thank you. Please listen to the gathering for worship. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God, a great ruler over heaven and earth. With sincere and repentant hearts, let us name our sins against Christ and one another. Let us pray together. 
Sovereign God, we confess that we are not ready for your holy realm. You guide us toward right paths, but we refuse to follow where you lead. You love and feed and care for us, but we fail to love and serve others. Forgive us, merciful God, so that we may return to your fold and rejoice in your presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Lamb upon the throne. Amen. However long we wander, however far we stray, God's steadfast love endures forever. Sisters and brothers, be assured, in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I wanted to talk about the fact that this is Thanksgiving week. And although it's very different from how we've celebrated Thanksgiving in the past with our family and our friends, we've, I, I was reminded this week that the very first Thanksgivings, several of them, were celebrated by people who were going through times that were really, really hard, just like we are right now. They, had, they were far from their homes, their original homes. They weren't with their families, um, extended families. They were with you know, their uh, parents or their husbands and wives, but they weren't with 
um, their extended families. They were in a strange place, doing strange things, um, not feeling very comfortable. And yet they found things to be thankful for. And today we've already heard several things that um, we are thankful for. We are thankful for the ability to help each other and help um, people who need it. And we've taken those opportunities to do that. So I think that what we need all, children, adults, everybody, keep in mind that as hard as we feel the times are right now, we have things to be thankful for and we should thank God for them. Shall we have a moment of prayer? Dear God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to help others, even in times when things are not quite the same as they used to be. Help us to look around us to see the things that you have provided for us and remember to thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning's Hebrew scripture is Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 16 and 20 through 24. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek, seek out their flocks when they are among the scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of cloud and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in, and in all inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture, where they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Continuing, therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push the flank and the shoulder and butted all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, and he shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Today's Christian scripture is Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. The judgment of the nations. When the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate 
one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king shall say to those at his right hand, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you were a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it you were sick and in prison, or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or sick or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Like most people, I wasn't raised on the Christian calendar. I do not have childhood memories of Christ the King Sunday. Ordinarily, it falls before Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving, that's something I have memories of. It's a time of turkey and family, football, and taking a good nap at some point. Now, this year, Thanksgiving will be different. There will be less travel and fewer families gathering at a time when people are really hungry for connection and have a deep desire to be with friends and family. Well, we're challenged to show that we care by staying away. And even if we do travel to see family and friends, we have to stay apart. This week, the number of COVID cases is spiking around the country and in the St. Louis metro area where I live. Our rural communities are not escaping the devastating sweep of this illness. The number of people hospitalized and dying are at its highest rate since the pandemic began.
Many have relatives who have become sick and some have even died. And yet we have some sessions that continue to pressure pastors to open and have in-person worship. I now have a number of pastors who are COVID positive. I have several congregations that have ridden the roller coaster of opening to have to close again when COVID becomes an unwelcome visitor to their congregation. Why take the risk? Most Presbyterian congregations, members are up in years and seniors are a part of the most vulnerable population along with those with underlying conditions. Why would churches want to expose the most vulnerable population to sickness and possible death? Perhaps fear plays a part. We may be afraid that if the door of the church continues to remain closed, that when they do open, people will not return. We are afraid that the resources needed to maintain our buildings and staff are dwindling. And unless we return to in-person worship, we will not have a church to return to at all. And perhaps we simply miss the routine of hearing the live music and fellowship of the saints. Many of our members live alone and coming to church was a central part of their weekly human connection. Well, our first lesson in Ezekiel challenges us because it raises the question, What does it mean to be a good shepherd, a good leader, a good congregation in times of crisis? How do we know what to do when there is no policy or previous plan to look to? This is all new. COVID is a first time experience for us all. In Ezekiel, It says, as shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them from the people and gather them from countries and I will bring them to their own land, end quote. This text says to me that God will bring God's people back to the fold. This text presupposes the sheep are scattered It speaks of a time of darkness and clouds. It's a time when we cannot see our way forward. It assumes that many are not where they're accustomed to being. The people who used to meet in one location are now all over the place. 
Some have even lost their way and don't know how to use Zoom or virtual worship, while others struggle with Facebook, uh, an online type of worship. But God has promised to bring the people back when the time comes. And this is the hope that we can hold on to, no matter how far away we are from one another, no matter how long it has been since we have worshiped together in one place. When the time comes for us to return, God will bring us back together. This is a promise of restoration. This is a promise that that which was lost will be returned. And those who have wandered away will find their way back. At the root of the word restoration is to mend. It is not enough to bring us back together. There are those who are hurting during this time of darkness and clouds. And we are experiencing some social unrest and political tensions. And we are alone with our thoughts and our fears. And in Ezekiel, God says, I will seek the lost. And I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. God's restoration comes with healing. We will come through this together, and we will come together again. We will be healed. We will be made whole. Ezekiel's model of the Good Shepherd is a commentary on the kings of Israel and the leaders. God's vision of a king is much different than what we read about or what we see on TV shows like the Game of Thrones. It's different than the political leadership that we see as people lust for power to crush their enemies and silence those who disagree with them. God does desire for leaders to have power, but it is the power to pardon those who have wrongfully been convicted. It is the power to care for the alien, the widow, the orphan, to look after those who are on the margins of society. It is the power to create institutions that focus on justice and righteousness and compassion. God's vision of a leader with power is one who who rescues the oppressed when the courts have done injustice, to compensate people who have been financially wronged and to restore people to their rightful relationships. God's power is all about justice. And I think justice speaks to why 
our churches and our congregations should feed the hungry and care for children and provide support for the poor. Justice also speaks to our presbyteries and other governing bodies. This is why we should care about systemic racism and get to the root of poverty as we become vibrant congregations. This is why we should want to be Matthew 25 churches. The ultimate example of God's king is Jesus. Our second lesson speaks of the judgment in the last days. The Bible speaks of the Son of Man coming with all of the angels. It's as though Jesus will come back with a committee. How Presbyterian. Matthew 25 is Jesus' last sermon in the Gospel of Matthew. The description of the final judgment is a surprise for many. The people who are most surprised are the people being judged. Those who did the right thing, provided food for the hungry, provided water for the thirsty, welcomed the stranger, clothed the naked, took care of the sick, and visited the prisoner, show great surprise when they are told to enter the kingdom. They're surprised because they did not know that they were doing their good works as unto Jesus. All they were doing was providing a sandwich for Vicki or going to see Joe in the hospital. Think about it. When you're volunteering at the food pantry, how often do you think that you're going to go to heaven because of what you do? When you're volunteering in the prison ministry, how many times do you think you're scoring points for the kingdom? When you go to the hospital or call on the sick and shut in, how often are you thinking that you're earning your way into heaven? Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing. These people at the judgment didn't see Christians and non-Christians when they did their service. They didn't provide a litmus test to see who was worthy to be served. They just saw people in need and they served them. They were just living their lives of faith in the way that they always did. They were living their lives of faith, focused on God and the need of others instead of themselves and their own needs. They were doing it from their hearts. And this is what it means to be a Christian, not just to do the deeds, but to do them from here from the heart. 
And living from the heart is not an easy matter. It may mean responding out of anger, anger because of injustice and racism and sexism, anger that seems wrong and says, I must do something about this. Living from the heart may mean seeing people who are hungry and feeling uncomfortable about it. It may mean trying to solve the problem of hunger one family at a time, one community at a time. Living from the heart may mean shedding tears, tears for those suffering, hurting, and in pain. It may mean trying to comfort someone with just a phone call. Living from the heart means attempting to do the impossible, bring change to a broken world, make a difference in a divided society. Instead of vilifying the other side, it means being the change that we want to see in others. Jesus is not providing us with some type of a job description. He's not giving a heavenly to-do list. Jesus is saying that those who do things from their heart will be welcome into the kingdom of God. Let me conclude with a Franciscan blessing for the 21st century. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work justice, freedom, and peace. And may God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn pain into joy. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. Amen. Pastor Janice has requested that we put our prayer requests into the chat and uh, keep those needs in mind as we go forward through the rest of the service. Good morning, everyone. Today, we've come to that part of our service where we dedicate our pledges of time, talent, and treasure to God's work. 
And I, I have here the pledges that have been provided by, by you folks, a commitment to, to do God's work here at Hamilton Union, as we were reminded in today's gospel reading from Matthew 25, we are called in service to those who are in need. It's particularly appropriate that we dedicate these gifts today at this time of Thanksgiving because we too are thankful to God for all the gifts and the blessings that he has bestowed on each of us, even in this time of pandemic, as Debbie reminded us in her message this morning to the children. And so now let us pray and dedicate our pledge commitments, our gifts to God's work. Uh, the stewardship committee, Darlene Bauer, Sue Ferris and myself will share in reading the dedication litany and then we will all share in reading the prayer at the end of this dedication. We are not called to be fearful. We are called to love. We are not called to be perfect. We are called to be faithful. We are not called to be fearless. We are called to be obedient. We are not called to be all-knowing. We are called to believe. We are not called to claim. We are called to give. We are not called to be victorious. We are called to be courageous. We are not called to lord it over others. We are called to serve others. For it is in serving that we shall reign. It is through courage that we shall find victory. It is in giving all that we shall gain all. It is in believing that we shall find certainty. It is in obedience that we shall overcome. It is in faithfulness that we shall find perfection. It is in loving that we shall dispel fear. It is in slavery to Christ and God's justice that we shall find freedom now and forever for ourselves and for the world. Now let us all pray. Accept, O Lord, the gifts that we bring, gifts of our time, talent, and treasure. Guide us as we seek to be wise and faithful stewards of all the gifts that you have given us. Bless the promises we make, the pledges that we bring, for we dedicate these gifts and our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please listen to the prayers of the people. O great shepherd of the sheep, you satisfy our needs. In faith, we pray to you for the needs of the world. 
O Lord, our God, we pray for the church. As you have made Christ the head of all, help us to live faithfully as his body, continuing his mission in the world. O God, O Lord, our God, we pray for the earth. Let all the earth make a joyful noise to you, a song of praise to the rock of our salvation. For you are coming to reveal a new creation. O Lord, our God, we pray for all nations. Drive out those wolves in sheep's clothing who abuse the weak and scatter the flock. Come and save us, bring justice and peace. O Lord, our God, we pray for this community. Help us to see Christ among our neighbors, serving those who are hungry and thirsty, naked and lonely, sick or in prison. O Lord, our God, we pray for loved ones. Remember the people of your pasture, rescue the lost, bind up the broken, heal the sick, and feed those who hunger. Loving shepherd, lead us and guide us. In green pastures and by still waters, in right paths and through dark valleys, until we feast with you in glory and dwell in your house forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Hear us now as we pray the prayer that we have been taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. With the eyes of your heart enlightened, receive the hope 
to which God has called you in Jesus Christ. And may God who seeks the lost keep you. May God who brings back the wandering heart uphold you. May God who binds up the injured heal you. May God who strengthens the weak empower you now and forever. Amen.